doing research using a video platform, the results actually can be much better. And it's a heck of a lot faster. And ultimately, it's, it's a lower total cost of ownership as well. Welcome to Transform It Forward, the podcast that gives you an inside look into the before and after some of the world's most effective transformation processes. I'm your host, Paul French. Video conferencing for business isn't new. For years, companies have been using it for collaboration, presentation, and for Discuss.io, collecting qualitative consumer research. And when workplaces were forced to move into remote environments last year, Video conferencing became the norm for everyday meetings and interactions with our colleagues. But as we continue to evolve, remote working and the like, what's next? Today, I'm excited to speak with Simon Glass, the CEO of Discuss.io, about the next generation of video conferencing. How can we use video with virtual teams to drive empathy and customer intimacy? Simon, thanks for taking the time to join the show. Thank you, Paul. Wonderful to be on your show today. So you've got uh, you've got a really interesting background that drives to entrepreneurship. How did you get from consulting into uh, starting a business? Yeah, it's been quite a journey, actually. If I look at my career over, gosh, almost the last 30 years, it does have three almost equal chunks of initially starting off in the big consulting with PricewaterhouseCoopers and did that for a number of years. And that actually enabled me to segue right into working for Gillette, which then had a wonderful, gosh, eight, nine-year run at Gillette and Procter & Gamble. But I actually had always had this entrepreneurial zeal inside of me. So I left P&G in 2010 and took a, took a leap of faith and went and, and joined a friend of mine who was starting a startup firm out of Dublin and Ireland called Clavis Insight. Uh, they were in the e-commerce insights space, and I've been doing startup work ever since. We took Clavis Insight through an acquisition with Essential back in December 2017. And now I've been here at Discuss.io for the last two years. I came in as the chief revenue officer and I flipped over to running the business back in February of 2020. And I have to say the last 10 years have been the most fun working in the entrepreneurial space. Uh, I'm with you. I've done, I've done a, a little bit of time on the startup side and some on the great big company side. And there's just something special about being able to do something in the morning and have it bear fruit in the afternoon, you know, which sometimes, you know, get at bigger companies. Yeah, exactly. So it's interesting. You, you become the CEO in February 2020. Was there anything else interesting in the world going on about that time? Yeah, it was a baptism of fire, Paul. Obviously, around February, March of 2020, the world kind of got turned upside down. Uh, and it was uh, with COVID, obviously, and it was a crazy journey for our company. We're a uh, we're a company that was actually founded to do online market research. So in many, in many ways, we were ready for that moment where everyone was really forced to work from home and work remotely. And we were in an interesting spot at a, at a tough time and had a, a really good platform that was ready to step up and step in, so to speak. Yeah, it's fascinating. I want to talk a little bit more about that. But the, the thing that comes to me as a marketer, I, I'm just desperate for data from all types of data, right? It, looking for patterns and trying to find out exactly what the right um, what the right insights are and the right ways. Did you see as we as we hit the pandemic that the, the tipping point occurred where when we've been looking for qualitative feedback and quantitative feedback online for years and years and years, but we kept defaulting back to great big in-person focus groups? Did, did COVID tip us over the edge Well, now we're going to be perfectly happy with taking advantage of Discuss.io and, and tools like it going forward? For me, it goes back to 
when this company was founded, our founders, Zach Simmons and, and Jim Longo, founded this firm back in 2014 to basically bring face-to-face focus groups online. So Jim and Zach found this platform specific to market research and, and built it from the ground up, but, but built it back then with the mantra that video-based qualitative research would be better, faster, and cheaper. And seven years later, this is now very much the case. It certainly was a tipping point last February and March and into April of last year when basically almost all of the in-person market research sessions around the world were either cancelled or were moved to online. And gosh, for the last 12 or 14 months, we've really lived it out and we've proved it out that doing research using a video platform, the results actually can be much better and it's it's a heck of a lot faster and ultimately it's it's a lower total cost of ownership as well. Yeah, seven-year overnight success, they say, right? I know. Some some things take a little while. <laughs> yeah. So talk a little bit about that. Talk you know, the, the the idea of being able to you know, quantitative research is easy to measure lots of different steps along the value chain or along the customer journey. How do you how do you bring qualitative research along that same path? Yeah, it's it's been interesting. Obviously, firms like Qualtrics and Medallia and SurveyMonkey have done a great job over the last 10 years or so scaling quantitative research and putting technology behind it. So the way we've done it, Paul, in my view, is the way that we've built the platform. We've built the platform very much focused on bringing structured video meetings and very much focused on being able to generate insights from video meetings. So that's really been our bread and butter for the last seven years. Every day this team wakes up and is focused on those two areas, bringing structure and getting insights from video meetings and doing it in a way increasingly now that's showing and proving that this can actually be scaled, which is very difficult because ultimately what we do is we and our platform enables conversations at scale with global consumers and global customers. So it's having a conversation. It's talking to people. It's not a quantitative survey. It's actually spending 30 minutes, 60 minutes going in depth with people and having conversations with them. And what we have done over the last 12 months is also build out what we call the DIY component of our platform. So truly enabling agencies and big brands who are customers of ours to take the keys, work on our platform themselves and basically scale this research themselves. So are you finding that people, uh, as a result of that, or is the hypothesis of the DIY platform such that rather than waiting to queue up broad base research requirements to say, you've got a quick question, go ahead and hit a large sample of people and get that, get that the insights that you might influence a broader research project as opposed to waiting uh, and finding out at the tail end of a project? Uh, what we've seen over the last 12 months is much more agility in market research. So a more agile methodology and our customers, be it the large brands, especially wanting to get closer to their customers and being more focused on empathy and getting more intimacy with their customers. So basically meaning a higher velocity of insight. So so actually meeting with more customers and more consumers on a more frequent basis. 
So that's, that's been a very interesting development, actually, over the last 12 months compared to perhaps 12 to 24 months prior and actually going back for a very long time, market research, qualitative research, a lot of structure, a lot of rigor, longer projects spanning out over three, six, nine months. They're quicker and faster nowadays. Yeah, and you guys uh, launched an output of some of your research just today. I saw the press release just today a trend analysis of what you're actually seeing. There was some reference to, to agile empathy. What do you guys, what does that mean to you guys? Yeah. So what it means, the way that's, that's one way of describing it. The way I like to think of it is around customer intimacy. So, and I think this is where the industry is going. And I think this is the shift that's underway. I think in one or two years, we'll be talking much more about customer intimacy as opposed to online qualitative research. And what we mean by that agile empathy is just the point I was making in the last question around brands, especially large brands, needing to better understand their customer, needing to have more frequent touchdowns with their customer, needing to have more people in their organizations talk to the customer. I think it's a well-known fact across many, many brands and also agencies in that market research people in those organizations talk to customers, but no one else does. So it's a very small sliver of these organizations that actually engage with customers. So we're seeing huge global programs right now with a number of our global customers that's broadening this out. So actually, people in marketing, people in R&D, even people in supply chain, having it built into their work and development plans, they need to speak to customers two and three times a quarter for a 12-month period. And, and we're all certainly better off from that perspective, right? We end up with getting better insights and better information about customers, what they actually want, rather than the inferences of market research agencies or market research professionals. Absolutely. And, and you know, it's also... For me, it's about building the relationship with customers. And brands have not done a great job of that in the past. Like they would say that they've done a good job and they would say they're very much in touch with their customers, but they've never quite got close enough. And now as we go forward, it's going to be much more about building that relationship, especially in today's day and age, whenever lots of brands are very concerned about how the consumer is going to shift and what those buying patterns and behaviors are going to look like in three, six, nine months. So the, the traditional way of doing market research is not good enough anymore. It's too long and it's too slow. And it's certainly not going to work if you're traveling the world and you're coordinating airline schedules. You have to be quicker. You have to, as I said, higher velocity of insights. And I imagine some of that, again, back to the, the COVID impact is that the consumers are more willing to share and be less reactive through the video means as opposed to sitting in a room and wondering what's on the other side of the two-way mirror, right? Gosh, yeah. I mean, Paul, that's exactly it. Uh, you know, back in, in the day when I was at Procter & Gamble, we did market research all over the world. And it was, the word you used was sterile, super sterile in facilities and people being behind the curtain and uh, having the scripted questions being asked to consumers. What we've seen over the last 12 months is consumers just opening up and actually consumers feeling much more intimate with the moderators who are running these sessions on platforms such as ours and opening up so much more 
They're doing it from the comfort of their own living room, from their own bedroom. They're actually getting up from their living room and they're, you know, they're taking their desktop and they're walking into their kitchen and they're showing us what's going on and just much more Mm. interactive and people are just opening up so much more. And frankly, for the last 12 months, we've all wanted to talk more. We've all wanted to communicate more. That's, that's been cut off in the, call it the regular channels. But whenever we're running our, call it market research or, or consumer closeness sessions, people are just exploding. And they're having a, you know, a grand old time having these conversations and truly enjoying them. And frankly, just opening up a lot more. So the idea of making these relationships intimate as they may be all throughout the delivery, I'm in the software business. And so the idea of being able to say, sales can learn and marketing can learn and customer success can learn and customer support can learn and product management can learn and engineering can, you know, all along with, with, with the same framework, but with a slightly different facet because everyone's got a different point of view. How does that impact the culture of the business? I think it's super positive for the culture of the business. It's, it's super positive that more people are talking to customers, more people are feeling empowered, more people are feeling engaged with customers. And it's, it's making for a much more, dare I say it, democratic feeling within certain organizations, within especially large organizations, where that insight and market research was the purview of a chosen few. Now, by doing research and customer experience on platforms such as Discuss.io, the results and the interviews and the highlights and the insights can be broadly shared within that organization. So super empowering and frankly, just helping everyone to get behind the vision of the company. And, and, and just one other quick point, what we have seen with a lot of our global customers who are running what we call these global closeness or intimacy programs is that all of their executive management team are getting behind these programs and the executive management team are mandating closer connections with customers. And what's so exciting for me, Paul, is that they're leading from the front. We've had so many CEOs and so many C-level people do consumer sessions on our platform to set the tone. And what's super exciting, they're actually moderating. And, And that's the other kind of call it slight difference between traditional market research and whenever we talk about agile and empathy and and intimacy there's not the professional moderator it's joe or susie or whoever it might be within that company running the conversation with the actual consumer which is super empowering as well well i would imagine it's a bit like a drug for an executive to be able to get those kind of from the ground insights and not have it washed through a pipeline or have it washed through you know, some marketers approach to try and drive a brand or something like that. That's exactly right. So we, um, as, as we've gone through and done, uh, these, these podcasts, we find that, that ultimately some sense of transformation, digital or otherwise tends to really, the success of that tends to fall into one of, you know, companies that have a really great culture, companies that have really a good competency at change management. Those are the ones that, that manage to make some sense of transformation come to life. How do you see the, the video contributing on the change management side inside a business, not necessarily externally? Yeah, it's, it's been really interesting to watch this. 
and watch video conferencing software obviously hit a tipping point and to watch the scale of adoption, like massive widespread adoption. And it's it's really changed businesses in, in my view and, and the businesses that are doing best out of this, it's those businesses that have embraced certain aspects that are necessary, such as increased communication. So we've all been working from home for the last 12 or 14 months and we've not been in the office. And and what's been incredibly important, and I think the companies that have done best out of this are the ones that real that have realized, especially the management teams, there must be more communication by the management. There needs to be quite a lot of it, and it needs to be very open and honest. And management need to do a better job of doing, let's call it weekly or monthly business updates, all hands meetings, more one-on-ones with their people. So increased communication is super important. But also it's, it's been interesting as well. It's been a tough time for a lot of us for, you know, across many types of organizations with the, the impact of, of COVID and the impact of working from home and the emotional and then the mental aspects of that and something that we have actually done here at Discuss and, and other companies have done it too. And I think it's super important and we'll see more of it going forward is promoting more of a wellness culture. So helping each other look out for each other more and encouraging our people working at home, you can get really sucked into it, encouraging our people to take those structured breaks and actually giving our people an allowance, like an actual financial allowance at the end of each month or at the end of each quarter to do something for themselves. And I think those are very powerful aspects or very powerful uh, components that have come out of the last 12 months that you know, our firm have worked towards, but I think a lot of other larger firms have really embraced as well. No, for sure. And we, we've seen with a variety of different companies that people are taking that perspective. So it's an interesting way to think about, you know, how are you looking at your your platform uh, and different places where it can be applied? Is, is there a role for it internally in terms of trying to understand the qualitative you know, feedback and happiness of, of an employee base? Is there a role for it externally to try and look at maybe more of the traditional conferencing uh, view, you know, as, as we saw COVID change the way people consumed it. Where, where do you go from here? You know, as I've said, we've built this platform from the ground up for market research. And that's really one of our strengths that it's a purpose built platform for a specific use case. Uh, and then we've been about market research. Now, where it has been going over the last 12 months is into more of these customer empathy, customer intimacy type programs. And for me, that's just really spawning off of market research. It's really call it a light touch market research. So so that's where we've been very focused, Paul. And uh, you know, to be perfectly honest, we've had a lot of business come our way and our business has grown significantly. So that's what we've been focused on. Uh, in terms of where we take it from here, we can take it in a number of different directions. And, and with a platform such as this, yes, it can be used for employee engagement. And, and we've absolutely looked at that. We've got a couple of pilots that are working in that, uh, in that area. Large banks being one example to use our platform to do performance reviews, to really assess how their people are doing and, and use the platform to, to facilitate that. That's one area. Another area that actually is showing terrific promise, we recently launched a mobile screen sharing uh, component to our platform. So what that basically means is that a respondent or a panelist 
can be testing a mobile app or surfing a store on their mobile phone and it actually shows up as a window within our platform uh, and we can have the conversation with them while they're actually doing that piece of work. What that's done, it's opened up the whole user experience area for us and product management, website optimization, but also going back to my, my days in the startup before, e-commerce audits and e-commerce shop-alongs. So actually doing that qualitative research as someone is shopping online on Amazon or Tesco or Carrefour or whatever that retail outlet might be. So those are areas that we're exploring. We're about to really launch and go after the e-commerce space. But there are other applications for our platform too, such as human resources interviews, also using it for sales calls. But I would say that we've been very focused, again, market research and consumer closeness. And that's really where probably 90% of our effort is right now. Are you fearful that at some point the consumers will start to be so barraged with them as a product in, in, in concept that they will, they will be less transparent in what's really most interesting to them? I don't think so, Paul. I, I, really, I really don't. Because at the end of the day, of course, our platform is being used and there's terrific growth in our platform, but it's still a very small percentage of the overall population. Uh, and it's a big world out there. So I'm really not concerned about that. I think there's going to be more new types of consumers and people who will want to engage with platforms like this. And frankly, brands, I believe, are going to invest a whole lot more in this type of area and a whole lot more in having robust conversations with their customers. So, so no, I'm, I'm not, not worried about it. So what would we have done without platforms like this and just general video capabilities when COVID hit last year? My word, it, it, it's hard to tell. It's really, really hard to tell. I, I think there, there would have been a lot more issues. Obviously, COVID has taken a, a significant toll, but with people being forced to be at home uh, and work with uh, video platforms and other collaboration platforms, quite frankly, I think a lot of companies would have went under because they would just not have been able to do the types of core activities they need to do. So a lot of companies would have went under and a lot of people would have had a lot more, most likely mental and emotional health concerns. So, you know, within this context or looking at it through this lens, video collaboration platforms and technology, we've all a lot to be grateful for that they were in place, that they were being developed quite quickly up until early 2020 and they were ready for prime time. And they actually delivered. That's a, a, a excellent way to look at it. So as we wrap, I, uh, I ask everybody the same question. Uh, I'm interested when the day is over, it's been a long day, and you need to uh, find some relaxation. What music do you put on? What's your favorite music to do that? Oh, my favorite music. So I grew up in Ireland in the 70s and 80s and went to university in Scotland. And I was in Manchester in the early 90s. I worked for Kellogg's very first job out of school. So there was a whole wave of music hitting Manchester, bands such as Oasis and Happy Mondays. But the band that I really like is a band called the Stone Roses. And I love to play Breaking Into Heaven. And it just, it's loud, it's fast, and it just, everything goes away. 
There were, uh, yeah, that was a, that was a great time for music. You're a man after my own heart. So <laughs> that was a great time. So, yeah. uh, well, I, uh, I certainly appreciate you joining us. Don't look back in anger, as some might say. <laughs> and, um, and I wish you guys all the best. Thanks for joining. Yeah, I appreciate it, Paul. Take care. There were several key takeaways that came from my conversation with Simon. First, Discuss.io was founded as a solution to traditional market research problems. And when the pandemic hit, Simon and his team were put in an enviable position to scale that research as brands were unable to get it anywhere else. Companies like SurveyMonkey have successfully scaled quantitative research, but Discuss.io focused on building a platform that structures their video meetings to generate qualitative insights. So now researchers are much more able to truly understand their customers. Second, qualitative research is often time consuming, taking anywhere from three to six months to deliver on a project. Discuss.io was able to disrupt that pace, providing qualitative research tools so teams can move faster and meet with customers on a more frequent basis. But more importantly, to democratize that access so consumer insights are available throughout the company, not just to the market research professionals. Third, in the next few years, we will be discussing consumer intimacy rather than qualitative research. The future of brands is to understand their customers, to build relationships with them, and get to the bottom of what they really value. Right now, there are just not enough people to do the required research, but the Discuss.io platform is disrupting this. Simon even has seen a huge increase in the C-suite running these focus groups, getting direct feedback. And instead of having to rely on uh, third parties or market research professionals to really build relationships with their customers. Lastly, consumers are much more receptive to sharing in the comfort of their own home on video rather than in sterile environments of previous market research facilities. Video creates a much more human approach, which gives consumers an intimate opportunity to share how they're really feeling. Thanks for listening to Transform It Forward, the podcast that gives you an inside look into some of the world's most effective transformation processes. If you like this episode, please be sure to give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Transform It Forward is brought to you by Axway, who believes that in order to create the most value for customers, partners, and employees, you need to open everything by securely integrating and moving data across a complex world of old and new technologies.